You are entering a space of thoughts and jokes, of echoes and analysis, a stopover from sense, a sojourn from sincerity, the cross-section between entertainment and bewilderment, a limitless void of laughter and curses from which few escape. You've just crossed the border into the spooky spot. Hello. Hmm. And welcome to the spooky spot. Good job silently laughing that time. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just saying the first time you laughed very hard at the title of our show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so the spooky spot is a... Spot that's spooky. A spot that is spooky. Almost like the Bermuda Triangle. Mmm. That was... <laughs> That was the first draft name for the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> the spooky spot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But then, then they said, oh, you know. <laughs> hey, guys, we're kind of, you know, adults. What if we didn't do that? <laughs> what if we named it out after one of the, the places that is involved? <sighs> In said triangle of said Bermuda. So the spooky spot, the show that you're currently listening to, is a show about sci-fi and horror anthology shows. Today we continue our watch of The Twilight Zone Mm -hmm. with Season 1, Episode 2. One for the angels, angels, angels. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I forgot to mention. Yes. On the first episode. Yes. For viewers at home. Oh, not for me? Okay. No, not for you. Okay, I'll shut up. (laughs) Uh, For viewers at home, the entire run of the original Twilight Zone is available on Netflix. If you would like to play along. <laughs> play along. Play along at home. Uh, see if your opinions match ours. I do that. That's what <laughs> I do with many shows. I watch along. Really? Yeah. I don't. Well, you don't listen to podcasts anyway. So. And I usually don't like most critics. Yeah. I mean... I like weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> also, a lot of podcasts aren't official critics. It's just... Some guy with a well, microphone. I'm not even official, just, you know. I meet very few people with the similar opinions on shows I like. Because <laughs> I watch too much crap. That you do. Yes. yes. Somebody's gotta, okay? If you're not gonna. Somebody's gotta watch this crap. You gotta listen to the crap, I gotta watch the crap, okay? True. Okay. That's why we make a good team. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Alright. Settled. <laughs> done crap watchers um more than meets the eye (laughs) oh you're going that way i was going um the the ghost people oh ghost facers i was going ghost facers crap watchers good taste in disguise all right do you want to jump into it jump 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 on it yeah um might as well jump jump boom Oh, damn, you went completely different direction. Both are valid. Oh, that song. It makes me think of a very specific summer when Becca got into Van Hill. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. What a bad summer. <laughs> it was badminton and Van Halen. That was that summer. Badminton and Van Halen. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine what that was like. I had to participate in both. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Alright, so one for the angels. <laughs> so we open on a uh, hot summer street in the city, and we see an old man who is, we find out from our opening narration, Lou Bookman. <laughs> Bookman. Bookman. He is 60-ish. 60-ish. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, Ish. Right. Ish. Stupid. You know, Rod Sterling doesn't care. He doesn't care. Though he wrote... He wrote his birthday was, but he doesn't care. <laughs> he wrote the whole thing, but he didn't. He didn't count. <laughs> and Lou is a uh, street side salesman. He's got a suitcase on a, some foldy outy legs, which I, I forgot they made. Right. That's very cute. I wish they still had them. But it's uh, a suitcase. Would you tolerate people selling stuff on the sidewalk? No. <laughs> You're right. I probably you you would. hate no. You'd hate that. I would hate that. I just. I think the aesthetic is cute. I wouldn't tolerate it, IRL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe if there was like a lone one like <laughs> Lou Bookman. Yes. If there was a bunch of them littering the street with their weird little suitcases. I think a bunch of them is just a flea market. Yeah, but like they have stalls. Stall, that's different yeah, in my true. opinion. And have you ever been to... Uh, actually, no, you wouldn't have because mm. you haven't been to... Anyway. Actually, no, you have been to Ohio, but you wouldn't have been to this part of Ohio. <laughs> There's, um... I was in Ohio, and it was dark the whole... I never actually saw Ohio, okay? I mean, there's not much to see I was driving, and it was, uh, three in the morning. That's my Ohio. There you go. But, um, out in Ohio, there's something called the Rogers Sale, which is basically... I don't remember, like, the actual name... Not name. Number of the acreage, but it's huge. It's, like, the biggest flea market I've ever even heard of. My grandfather loved going there. He would go there, like... Every weekend I, in the summer. That's where I'm going tomorrow. Jesus. Yeah. The, <laughs> fucking anything you want to find, it's out there. There's, there'd be people selling, you know, antiques from World War Two. There's people selling, you know, spare tires. There's people selling dogs. Like what? Just selling just some dogs. You want a dog? Uh, okay. There you go. This fucking dog here at the Rogers sale. It's just out in this big old field. Like it's, they out here selling. They out here selling. Yeah. Damn, all right. I only been there once, but I was like, this is a lot. Yeah. There's a lot going on yeah. here. So Lou Bookman. Lou Bookman. <laughs> not out at the Rogers sale. Never been to Ohio. Never been to Ohio. Well, maybe. We don't know. He could have had a, a long life of traveling. Mm. Yeah. Hawk, hawking his cheap looking robot toys out yeah, in Ohio. Yeah, bad ties. So he's, yeah, he's got this case. He's standing on the sidewalk out front of a, it looks like the fucking town hall. It's got some... <laughs> white pillars and whatnot and he's got toy robots and ties and those are the only props inside of and, this like thread yeah, yeah. Well, he, he mentions like in in his you know pitch. pitch that he's got all kinds of stuff in the case but we don't usually see all the stuff yeah in the case. mainly we just, robots we just see the robots and the ties and so while lou is out there he's trying to sell people on some stuff we can see over his shoulder up the stairs a uh, a man in a dark suit scribbling away in a, in a notebook, and uh, the opening narration tells us that today, on July nineteenth, at three o'clock, Lou Bookman will be stalked by Mister Death. <laughs> to which the man in the suit looks directly into the camera. Yeah, yeah, and then goes back to writing. It's yeah. like you you heard, yeah. Looks in the camera. Back to writing. There's so so much unnecessary music in this episode. <laughs> there was. I thought that was funny. It's like, yep, it's me. It's Mr. Death. Yeah. So then it's the end of his day. He's on his way home to... Looks like a fucking skid row. Like, it's a, it's a cheap looking neighborhood. <laughs> All you saw was a bunch of kids playing you, outside. <laughs> you see a bunch of kids, but like the buildings look kind of shabby. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's they are, they are very close. Yes. Together. I don't know. Looks crappy. They had a couple days to build it, okay? No. They, they, <laughs> they had a couple days to build that set. They did not build that. That They just went somewhere for that. Probably. I don't even know. I couldn't tell you. So, all these children run around, gather around him, asking what he's selling, what he's doing, how's he doing. Even though he's lived there forever, they should know what he's selling and what he's doing. What he's doing. <laughs> you got any candy? No. Candy! Maybe he did. We don't know. He gave it away to all the other kids. It's true. So Lou sits down and he's saying, oh yeah, I was selling, you know, these robots. He <laughs> gives away like three robots. Robot. Which, you know, not a great business practice, <laughs> but I guess the kids love it, so. What yeah, do you they're getting free shit. Of course they love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, little Lou, it's a pushover. Lou will just give you anything you want. <laughs> so he says bye to the kids. You know, they're going to have an ice cream party later. Just Man, a... I miss ice cream socials. Oh, me too. Just give me some frickin' ice cream. Honestly. And he goes upstairs Don't to... mad about Dairy Queens in the South. Sorry. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, we, uh... We found out today. <laughs> some sad news. <laughs> Dairy Queens are open all the time in places like Texas. And just, you know, not our general area. Not up here in New England. They nope. are not open all the time. Nope. Just all the time. And they have special holiday flavors around Christmas. That we can't have. That we didn't even know about. Because <laughs> they don't have them on Christmas. No Dairy Queens on Christmas. Lou lives in a uh, modest studio apartment. Full of junk. 
There's so, <laughs> so much junk. There's so much junk in this room. There's he's, he's got like just chairs everywhere too. There's like twelve chairs in this room. Mm-hmm. There's like a stack of newspapers that comes up to like his hip. There's like a weird ship statue. There's uh, like a picture of a Scotty dog hanging on the wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's just like bric-a-brac. It's a tiny little apartment. It's a tiny apartment. His kitchen is behind a curtain. (laughs) (laughs) I, it's good set work. Like, yeah, it it really paints you a picture of this man and his room full of garbage. Where's his bed? You can see it in one of the shots when he's talking to death. It's like, it's one of those foldy uppy, yeah, foldy uppy beds. God forbid he has an actual bed. No, not a real bed. Oh, Lou. So it's, it's folded up against the wall. So Lou gets a watering can. He waters a couple orchids that are sitting by the window. And is that when Death Star's talking to him? Yes. Yeah. He's like, hello, Mr. Bookman. He, he just... Yeah. yeah, he just starts talking. Oh, I thought maybe he just turned... No, he did Yeah, he talks and then he sees him. Not sees him and then talks. Yeah, because the camera's focused on him and Death is like... Yeah, and Lou's, like, slightly spooked, but not as spooked as he should be to find a strange man in his apartment. It's true. After he's closed the door. It's true. So, we see the man from before on the, uh, the steps, Mr. Death, as he is. (laughs) And he's sitting in a chair, still writing in his book. And he says, alright, you're Lou Bookman, right? And Bookman's like, oh yeah, sure, are you here to buy something? Like, why? What? Like, like, not mad. Just, hey, man. Yes. There's no question of how did you get in my house. Yeah. I'll sell you something. What do you want, man? Does Lou have some name, like, latent dementia? I don't know. I that, don't know. That we don't know about? Death starts confirming all this information about him. All right, you're 69 years old. Nice. Um, <laughs> born in 1890, which, that, like, fucks me up to hear. Yeah. To think that someone born in the 19th century is on TV, but this is, you know, 1959. Yeah. Which make, it makes sense. The the math works. Yeah, I remember one time I was asking my mom about just, you know, her grandmother or great-grandmother or something. And you're like, oh yeah, born in like 1910. And I'm like, don't say that to me. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's wild. Time is fake, actually. Yeah, literally. God. But the, um... This actor, Ed Wynn, he was actually born in 1886. Oh, boy. So, like, he is from that time. I was trying to think of what the equivalent of that would be, and it's, like, if somebody born in the 50s was, like, a famous YouTuber or something. Like, that's... <laughs> like, that's... I think that's what the equivalent is, but, like, I'm not sure. But, like, that's also wild. Uh... Ooh. Ooh. Not cringy at all. Not cringy at all. Well, I'm, I don't know. I don't think there's anything cringy about old people being on TV, but... No. YouTube, that's a whole different ballpark. Octogenarians up on Vine, like... <laughs> Except, oh, there, were some, there were some good old people Vines. I remember them. Yeah. Have you seen... Their... <laughs> Let's just talk about Vines this whole episode. I mean, hey, listen, I can cut out as much as I want. Have you... It's like a screenshot of somebody's Twitter after they tell, I think, their grandpa about the detergent thing. Mm-hmm. And so he sends them a picture of him. He's got, like, his coffee mug and one of those big jugs that has, like, the pressy pour spout. Uh-huh. And he's holding his coffee mug under it. He's like, can't wait for a fresh cup. And, like, one of the comments on it was, like, your grandpa's the funniest motherfucker on the internet. Yeah. Like, some some grandparents are just so quick. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't even get it. I don't even get it. They're up on the times, you know? But how? <laughs> I, you just, you gotta stay sharp. Stay with it. I, I just, my family's not like that, so I'm just not used to it. Death's talking to him. He lists, like his parents' names and birthplaces, and Lou's like, yeah, 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 that's all true. What are you, guy from the census? It's like, Lou. Then he asks, like, one more thing, and then he gets spooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then he says, all right, today, July 19th, your departure is at midnight. And Lou's like, depart? Departure? The what? But then there's a knock on the door, and it's uh, one of the little kids we saw hanging around Lou earlier. Her name is Maggie. She... 
has come in because her robot isn't working. Faulty as fuck, Lou. Damn, Lou, what a shitty robot. Turns out she's twisting the key wrong or something. She's yeah, pushing into the key, whatever. Stuff. She's a dumb kid. Yeah. Um, she's <laughs> cute, but she's dumb. <laughs> Just like most kids. Uh. He fixes it for her, and then he, you know, calls over to death. Oh, I'd introduce you, but I, I don't know your name. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Why? What are you talking to me for? He's like, it it doesn't matter. And so he he says to the girl, oh, he came here to ask me some questions, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, who are you talking about? This is why there's a strange man in my apartment. And she's like, the fuck? (laughs) What? (laughs) Lou, you seeing stuff? I'm going to call the doctor, Lou. They're going to take you into the sanitarium. Literally. Death goes, hey, she can't see or hear me. And he's like, why not? And he's like, she just can't. So he fixes the robot. She leaves, and he's just kind of puzzled as to why why she can't see or hear him, but he can. Because he's not too good at catching up. He's really not good. At, he's not catching up. Not quick on the update. No. Unlike all those... All those other grandpas. <laughs> all those other... Because Lou's not a grandpa, that's it. It's true. He yeah. didn't get those grandpa senses no. that make him good at memes. <laughs> those 1850s memes. All those memes they had in 1959. Oh, God. Death is like, only people who are coming with me get to see me. And Lou's kind of looking around and he can't see him. And then we see that his chair has moved over to be by the window. Death is sitting in this nice elevated chair, we should mention. Mm -hmm. It looks kind of like a bar stool, but it's got some wide arms. And he's just chilling in this chair. Like, real casual. Like, like. Like a true villain. Like a true villain. Like just true, can't be fucked. Because it just can't be fucked. I love the staging of this because it's a nice way to, to play with levels and blocking. They're eye to eye, but if Death like kind of stood up from this position, he'd be way yeah. over Lou. So it yeah. shows that he's come down to his level, which I I like. And also, you know, he's just relaxed. He's hanging out. Yeah. He's got all the power in this he's situation. the slouch going on. It's true. He's just got the... He got that death lean. <laughs> Truly. Death's not being, like, straight up or direct with with Lou of telling him, yo, bitch, you're gonna die. Yeah. Like, a lot of the problems here would be solved if he just said, hey, bitch, you're gonna die. Which he spends a long time not doing. And he's like, I can't believe that you think you would just live forever, blah, blah, blah. Think about how lucky you are that I get to come here and tell you that you're going to die. Yeah, right? You're You're so lucky. You're not like those poor schmucks who die in horrible accidents that I'm not allowed to warn them beforehand that they're going to die in a horrible accident. Luke gets very indignant. He's like, what are you talking about? What is this? (laughs) He's like, you're going to die in your sleep of natural causes. And Luke's like, I don't understand. (laughs) He's like, look, your departure... Natural causes, midnight, let's go. Me, death, you Me to death. die. <laughs> you guy to die. You deathy. <laughs> I deather. <laughs> you deathy. There you go, we got it in one. Done. <sighs> Nailed it. And Lou's very frustrated. And Dutch is like, I can't believe you don't fucking get this. Okay, hold on, let me just kill your houseplant. And he reaches over and taps the orchid on the window and it immediately just like curls over mm-hmm. and dies. Now that Lou understands that he is to die, he doesn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. Um, bitch doesn't want to die? Well, this bitch doesn't Death, wanna... you didn't see this happening? No. <laughs> Death is kind of dumb. It's, yeah. Snazzy dresser, but he's pretty dumb. Lou's like, okay, well, don't I get a say in, in the fact that I'm dying? And Death's like, no. Absolutely not. Well, except for these three cases. <laughs> yeah. So they have to be extreme cases. Uh, yes. And so now, before he had been, like, so tight-lipped about what this was all about and just cryptic about his departure, and now he's like, here's this exposition dump about the bureaucracy of death. Yeah. And so he's like, all right, number one, do you have a family who would suffer if you died? And so then I, I guess, like, death won't kill family men or... You know, men who have families have to go on living knowing they were supposed to die, which is fucked up. Because death knows that, you know, having a family is the true torture of life. (laughs) 
You had to stay in this miserable marriage. That's your real death. The real death was the children we had along the way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. So we find out, no, Lou doesn't have a family. Shit, of luck there, Lou. Damn. He'd like it too much, that's why. That's true, you know. He'd love to have some kids, but... The second is um, people of priority who are on the verge of doing something great. So that's stuff like... Uh, statesmen and scientists, so people who are going to make a big discovery or, I don't know, going to broker peace between two warring countries or some shit. Which also seems like a dick move. Like, you have this great achievement and then yeah. you just fucking die. Yeah. Oh, you did that one thing, g- goodbye. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Oh, you did this, you're not going to get to see that Nobel Prize. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a bullet or... They got struck by lightning okay. in my head. <laughs> So, okay, you see someone dying very quickly, and your first thought is struck by lightning. I, <laughs> I just made a noise. You're usually better at this. Remember at the beginning of this episode? Hey, you can make the noises because I can't. You come up with weird lightning. <laughs> sure, why not? I guess. <laughs> I'm trying to hype you up, but you're not showing your true talents there, buddy. That's true, yeah. <laughs> I'm not on my game. <laughs> I made the mistake of putting on my pajamas, so I'm just really <laughs> tired. So the uh, the third way that you can get out of death is um, if you have some great unfinished business, which honestly just sounds like like category two would be a subset of this one. Yeah, your great scientific discovery would count as unfinished business. I don't. So it should be have a family. And have unfinished business. Like, those are the two things that will get you out of dying. Death is like, well, you don't have a family. Uh, you're clearly not working on any scientific discovery. And he just kind of gestures to, like, a pile of springs and yeah. busted shit. Robot parts. Robot bits. He's like, mm, bits. you ain't, uh, you ain't inventing the uh, lunar rover over there. Who gives a shit? And, uh, you know, you're a pitch man, so you got no unfinished business. Whatever the fuck. Come on, let's die. <laughs> Just suddenly there's real catty. I love catty death. Yeah, yeah. And so Lou's like, oh, no, 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 no. I I got some unfinished business. I, um, I never flown in a helicopter. And Death's like, no. He only, he only thought of that because he saw a toy helicopter. It's true, yeah. He sees a toy helicopter and he's like, he's got no idea what to do with his life. It's <laughs> really sad, actually. Yeah. Like, this man had a very sad life. He was just gonna be, he... I don't know if it's either he liked being a pitch man that much or he just kind of accepted it. He might have accepted it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, well, that's, well, at the end, you see that he can pitch things. Yeah. But I think maybe it's half and half. Yeah, it's true. He definitely settled. Yeah. So that's like, hey, okay, like, that's not, helicopter ride is not good enough. No, this is, <laughs> and his, his chair moves around again and now he's over by the bed and Every time this chair magically moves, Lou doesn't have any idea where in the room he went. Yeah. Even though you can see the whole room from anywhere in the yeah, room. Yeah, anywhere. I don't know. It's just some fun camera tricks. And so Lou's like, all right, well, I've uh, I've never seen a Zulu war dance. So you got to give me a couple of months to get over to that Zulu country. Yep. <laughs> in Africa. It's a Zulu country. The, the Zulu country. <laughs> uh, I should have looked up where they are, the the Zulu tribe in mm. Africa. Then I would have known more than Lou. I think you already kind of do know I, more I than Lou. I think I probably already <laughs> know more than Lou. And so Des like, no. Okay, this is supposed to be something that a person has really, you know, yearned for their whole life and that they could actually achieve if we give them a little extension. And so Lou's like, oh, okay, well, in that case, I've never really made, like, a super big pitch, like, really selling something. Just, you know, the skies open up, and, you know, it's one for for the angels! angels. (laughs) Episode title, it's like, that's... That's like that little, it's not really a trope, but it's like, oh, they said the name of the thing! That's true, they said the name of the thing. (laughs) And he's like, that would really mean that I had done something important and the children would be proud of me. The children. Won't somebody please think of the children? No. 
No. <laughs> no certainly not death. Death's like, what? The chill... Uh, the, the what? Literally sounds like the, the biggest like lie to death is the, the think of the what? No. That sounds fake. I don't want to think of them. <laughs> With those little things? I... No. No. Ugh, no. God. <laughs> Which, you know, it's funny that he says one for the angels. Mm-hmm. Because this man is the angel of death. Guess what he's going to do later? (laughs) He's going to make a pitch for an angel. Uh Uh-huh. Pitched to an angel. That's nothing. (laughs) Nope. There's nothing there, and I fully acknowledge that. (laughs) Another thing I really like about the two performances we see here, between Edwin, which is not Edwin, it's Edwin... I keep fucking up. And Murphy Hamilton, I think is the other guy's name. I actually found out that, so the guy who plays Death, he went on to play the mayor in Jaws. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Murphy Hamilton, was, he he did this, a bunch of other stuff, and then later on he played the mayor. You're worse than the mayor in the, Jaws. You're worse than the mayor in Jaws. Death is worse than the mayor in Jaws. Yes, I agree. Oh, shout out to Ghostbusters. Oh, God, he has the mayor in Jaws. But... The, the tangled life he lived. <laughs> the wicked webs we weave. Yeah. So, I really like the the physicality going on between the two of them here, because Death is, like, super squinty, and he's just kind of, like, looking around, he's real squinty, and Lou is, like, wide-eyed and, like, mm-hmm. hey, what's up? And Death's like, mmm, mmm, listeners, you can't see me but i'm doing squinty eyes looking around <laughs> suspiciously like death is and i think it's a it's a good contrast that's like n- no no extension you're gonna you're gonna die why I'm aren't d- you accepting this i'm done playing this game i'm done fucking with you it's like no one's ever fought him before in in his life <laughs> it's true i don't know if this is first day on the job or honestly, what honestly <laughs> baby's first undertaking yeah <laughs> Lou immediately flops down into this uh, big leather chair and just starts pouting and skulking. <laughs> and Dust's like, look. Well, don't do that. He's like, you gotta understand, I can't just go around giving this out to everybody. And blah, 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 blah. And Lou's just like, mm. <laughs> I don't know about that. And so... The moodiest 69-year-old mm. ever. So eventually, Dust's like... Okay, all right. It's clear Lou's trying to play death. Like, he's Wicked. he's, Wicked. he's trying to get out of this, which trying to cheat or, you know, gamble with death is a... It's a classic trope. I like it a lot, mm-hmm. so I, I enjoy this. And death's like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. Until you make this big pitch, you can stay alive. Wicked pushover. He's a big pushover. Huge He's a pushover, or... He starts pulling this long con where he agrees to make this deal, and then he goes and hurts the girl, knowing that Lou will try yeah. and take her place. So it's, you, you know... You can never really know. You you can't know, but I think there's... A case can be made that death pulls the long con and then acts like a buffoon to, you know, get Lou to accept death. Yeah. Death walks out, and Lou's like, yeah, 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 all right, all right, you know. And he's like, okay, when can we, you know, expect you to make this pitch and he's like oh soon super soon super soon all right super soon bye as he's pushing him out the door pushes him out the door closes it and goes psych literally oh man death's so dumb that bitch you don't know shit and death's like bitch i'm still in your apartment it's like (laughs) i can hear you I'm the omniscient specter of death. I know what's and good. And then Luke takes himself out of his apartment. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> no, like, death shows up again, and he's like... Yeah. He's, he says, like, one more thing, and then Luke's like... Uh, he leaves his own apartment, because he starts... Yeah, going death's to, like, big mistake. He's like, <laughs> hey, don't play with me, mm-hmm. okay? And Luke's like... Can't I gotta go. Never catch me making a pitch again. Bye. He puts on his hat. He runs out. And we see Death kind of, he's sitting up on the banister. He's kind of leaning on it, which change in positioning shows he's taking this more seriously. He's like, okay, hey, come on. And Lou, you know, starts running down the stairs, just standing at the bottom of the stairs. He's just standing there menacingly. <laughs> he's like, you, you're not going to get out of this. I'm going to get you. Or, you know, hey, I guess, instead, I'll just have to take somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> and then we hear, you know, 
some tires screech outside. Yeah. And, uh... Suddenly, bun- the whole neighborhood was right there already. <laughs> a bunch of screaming. The whole neighborhood gets out there real fast. And we see outside that the, uh, young girl from before, Maggie, has been struck by a car. Mm-hmm. Driven by a real schlubby looking extra with a big <laughs> greasy shirt and he's like oh she just she just jumped, she jumped out. off the sidewalk she just jumped off the sidewalk i don't know what to do yeah. i'm driving here he was not that new york he was not that he could he could have been he should have been frankly literally <laughs> missed opportunity to have just a but a, you know the time and the place was just the present <laughs> It's true. So God forbid we know the nondescript neighborhood they were on. It, it read like New York City. Yeah, a, a lot of places do. Yeah, yeah, they're they're going for that. It's true. Lou's out there. He's like, okay, well, somebody you know, call fucking ambulance. Go call a doctor. <laughs> what the hell? What the, nobody, nobody doing shit to help this girl. Damn. So he, uh... Lou's only... It's bad when Lou's the smartest one on the block. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. So he, uh... He, like, whips off his overshirt. He puts it under her head, which, hey... Don't touch her. Free first aid tip. If somebody is injured, do not move them. Especially do not move their head, because you don't know if they have some kind of neck or head injury. Which we we still don't find out what happened to her. It's true. Like... The doctor's like, oh, we'll know in a couple hours. she gets hit by the car, for sure. But then later the doctor says she's a very sick little girl. Yeah. So she just has, you know, suddenly some underlying yeah. sickness. She gets hit by the car. She can she can still recognize Lou, can still talk to him. She just looks like she can't move her body, which, you know, neck injury or spinal anything. I guess. And I then, know. yeah, the doctor is like, oh, well, it's touch and go. It's like, is she broken or is she not broken? What, what happened to this girl? <laughs> Lou's kind of holding her hand, patting her. We see a dark shadow pass over her, <laughs> and suddenly she can see death. Oh no, Lou, who's that man? <laughs> who's that man over there? And it's, you know... Lou freaks out, because de- you can see him? Mm. <laughs> it's almost like he's going to take her instead. Wah, wah. And now Lou's like, whoa, 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 Hey, he... <laughs> brakes. <laughs> Pump the brakes, Mr. Death. <laughs> so, you know, Death writes some stuff down in his notebook, starts walking off, Lou stands up and starts chasing after him, shouting. He's like, you can't do this. The great thing is that the crowd of people can't see death, so they just see Lou get up and start run off yelling, Mm -hmm. which is great. Mid-argument, not even like, oh, hey, come back. Just mid-argument. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing to her? You can't do, you can't take her. Take me instead. I'll go. Now he wants to go. So we come back and it's later that night. The aforementioned doctor is leaving the building. I don't know if I trust his doctor anymore. That's true, yeah. <laughs> he's, you know... He's real sketchy. He was just a real nondescript looking man. Mm-hmm. That, you know... He could have been anybody. Why wasn't he death? Mmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. usually what death is. Not some guy in a snazzy suit. That's just for intimidation purposes. When you want, like, a real death guy, you get someone who looks like everybody. True. So, yeah. True, yeah. So Lou's been hanging out, out on the stairs, and he, you know, goes up to the doctor. He's like, hey, what's up? What's, is she going to be okay? He's like, I don't know. She's a very sick little girl. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, what am I, a doctor? Oh, wait. Oh, shit. Fuck. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, you know, I think um, she'll reach some kind of crisis by midnight. Yeah. That was the worst way to put that. <laughs> crisis by midnight is my favorite, uh shitty action movie <laughs> oh it's not a it's not a title of your band or an album oh uh, my new debut album crisis by midnight mm-hmm. it's called having a panic attack at midnight <laughs> the panic attack at midnight at the disco jesus christ <laughs> no that's my panic at the disco cover band no <laughs> so the doctor just kind of walks off. He's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. My job's done. <laughs> done all I can do here. Yeah. Lou's like, all right, I'm going to stay out here on the on the stoop. I'm going to make sure death can't come in the building. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense because we've seen that he can just be in the building. But, you know, damn if he ain't going to stand out there on the stoop. 
and stop him from going in the door. <laughs> you already know he can go wherever the fuck he, he wants, Lou. He can just be where he wants, Lou. But, you know, good on ya, I guess. Death comes by, rolling around at, a you know, quarter to, tw- quarter to twelve. I almost forgot what time was. <laughs> quarter to midnight. We don't talk about quarters here, man. We do exact <laughs> numbers. There you go. 11.45, then. Lou's like, oh, so, uh, you going in the house, then? You gonna, you know... You gonna go up those stairs? You gonna go, go up, uh, go up these stairs? Gonna kill that little girl? And Death's like, yep. Yep. <laughs> sure am. And he's like, oh, but I got, you know, 15 minutes, so... I got, you know, 15 minutes to so do whatever. So he just sits down to chat. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, hey, you know, I got... What's up, Lou? I got, uh, I got 15 minutes to... Yeah. Before I got to be Because, you know, there Death to... loves waiting around. <laughs> he showed up early just, just to... Just to taunt him. Well, he showed up early to give him the opportunity to sell himself to death. Yeah. Lou's like, oh, what happens if you, uh... If you're not in there at 12? And he's like, well, shit gets real fucked up. <laughs> Frankly. <laughs> Throws off the whole timetable. So Lou's like, oh, all right, well... You know, let me just get my case of crap, stand it on up, and uh, start selling some stuff. And Death's like, dude, it's midnight. Death's like, what are you... T- <laughs> There's nobody around. What are you doing? He's like, oh, they'll... Uh, late sales. Oh, yeah. yeah late yeah. sales. People oh, love late sales. Yeah. They'll show up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're here, aren't you? And Death's like... You're right. Oh, you... <laughs> you got me there. Yeah. <laughs> Death's like, what are you... What would you have that I need? And Lou's like, I don't know, how about this tie? And he hands him a robot. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Same. He's like, whoops, this tie. And it's just this gaudy ass thing. It's Since the show is black and white, it can't be black and white stripes, but it's got to be something. It's still bad. Actually, I think the first tie he shows is like a checkered pattern oh is it checkered pretty sure it's checkered right. that's why i hate it so much so he's trying to get death to join a ska band <laughs> Fuck. one could only hope that death says yes to that <laughs> i would love to see death's ska band um can your album just be called death ska band and you don't even have to be a ska band <laughs> i mean i could be a ska band I know you want to be, Dude, but I don't know so. if I can still be friends with you. <laughs> Did I never tell you that the moon is not a narc is a ska band? No! They've been a ska band this whole no, time. No, they haven't! No! We made that together! <laughs> I, did not, I did not sign any ska contract! No! <laughs> oh no! You can't trick me in the middle of the night on the beach! Come on! <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that's, that's the only bad name we've ever remembered that's the only <laughs> that and gay baseline well that's new that's true that is a new but one moon is not a narc is very old now it's true moon is not a narc is is our three year old band name yeah and now gay baseline is the up and comer it's true gay baseline <laughs> is the side project uh lou's trying to sell death this tie and he's like "Mm, yeah that's nice right it's made of this lovely artificial silk and he's just going on and on talking about manufactured silk and we see (laughs) we have this like weird montage for this 15 minutes of him talking very passionately and then like an overlay of maggie sleeping in bed and she doesn't look like in distress or anything no she's just perfectly natural sleeping she's sleeping we get like a little time lapse and somehow in the span of 13 and a half minutes, I guess, death is like disheveled. Yeah. His and perfectly coiffed hair is like sticking to his head with sweat. He's extremely sweaty. His tie's like a little undone. He's got all of Lou's ties that were hanging out of his case just like on his arm. He's like, what, what do what, I do? What happened? <laughs> Still listening to Lou. He's still listening to Lou. And Lou's just rattling off all this stuff that he's got. And he starts talking about the the strong thread he has. And he's like, oh man, check out this thread. Now, what would you expect to pay for this thread? It's some real classic 
you know, yeah. salesman banter. You would pay $50 a spool, $40 a spool, 20, 20 10 $5 a spool. No, give it to you for the low price of my soul. <laughs> Wait, 25 cents, man. 25 cents a spool. <laughs> and he's, he's, I forget the whole list of all the crap that he has, but... Death is suddenly like, yeah, yeah, I'll take everything. Yeah. And he, he suddenly has like a paper bag. Yeah. And they, just, they just start putting all this stuff in a paper bag. Buying it with all his death money. Buy him with all his death. Do- yeah, he like reaches for his death wallet. Yeah, literally into his pocket. Because, you know, that's what death does. He can sit around for 15 minutes waiting for people to die, just chat it up with his friend on the stoop. And he also has money. Yeah. For a very omniscient man. Undertaking pays very well. I would assume. And he's going to waste it. On a pitch man? I guess. Oh, he sucks. <laughs> That's not very smart. No. He's bought all this stuff, and then Lou realizes he still has a little time left. He's got to burn. So he's like, all right, one last item. One guaranteed, genuine human manservant, which is a bad phrase. <laughs> Louis J. Bookman, guaranteed, all parts interchangeable, serviceable man, he... Eats little... Soyvisible. Soyvisible. He's got a... Just a real good accent on that one word. That one word. Most of the rest of it is just, you know, classic transatlantic. Yeah. Just that one word. He's not even, like, fully transatlantic, because that's, like... He's not put upon enough. Part of it is transatlantic. I I, I just love the the transatlantic accent, okay? All right. I love it, because I don't know how to do it. (laughs) True. Maybe if I actually tried to learn it, I could, but yeah, I mean, it befuddles me. It escapes us all. Except, you know, fucking Audrey Hepburn and people like that. Well, yeah, because <laughs> there was a period of time where people, you know... It was taught in schools. It was taught in schools, because that was what we thought the American accent would be. I think at this period of time was when native speakers, quote-unquote, of the transatlantic accent were, like, that was the last time that people were really yeah. teaching it. It was starting to yeah. to go out of fashion around this time. Anyway, so... <laughs> I could talk about transatlantics a lot. I'm sure we'll get plenty of opportunities. Um, I could fucking hope so. So Lou's, you know, selling himself to to death by this man. Perfectly free now. Everything yeah. everything must go. And then the clock strikes midnight. And Death's like, what? Wait a second. I came here for something. He like, yeah, he like suddenly runs up half the stairs and he's like, oh, you made me miss my time. My appointment. <laughs> I missed my appointment. You know, death, he could just keep going up stupid stairs. The little half dead child lives on the first floor. It's true. Yeah. She's, <laughs> they live on the first floor. You could reach that room before the the bell's finished. You could have got her. The man he really wants is, is Lou. And now Lou's made the pitch, which fulfills that bargain. So we see the, the doctor come out of the house. And he's like, all right, you know, she's fine now. Says me, the doctor, do 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 Off I go. Yeah, that's... I fucking hate him. He's, he's just a dumb exposition character, because how else would we know what was happening? It's very true. He's still sketchy as shit. It's true, yeah, he's just, you know... He's real, a real death, 2018. That's like, damn, man, you sure did trick me. Whoops. But wow, what a pitch, eh? And Lou's like, yeah, that was really great. I saved that little girl. Look at me. A real pitch for the angels. And Death's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Lou's like, oh. Angels. Okay. Yeah. I'm ready to go now. Mm-hmm. Now he's accepted. Having saved the little girl he loved so much and gave many robots to, <laughs> he's now ready to, ready to go on to the great beyond. So Death kind of, you know... Fixes himself up. He's like, okay, let's go. So Lou puts away his case and he's going to take his case with him to go hawk his cheesy wares to the people in heaven. <laughs> he has to make sure he's going to heaven. It's true. He's like, hey, you never know what somebody's going to need up there. Up there, right? And Death's like, yeah, you made it. Yeah. Yeah, come on. I wonder if Lou was still sell to people in hell. I don't know. Huh. Hmm. Who knows? I truly don't understand Lou, no. <laughs> Lou and Death walk off down the the quiet city street under the street lamp. We get our ending narration about Lou Bookman. 60-ish. 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 My birthday is at, in September, but he's only 60-ish. Why can't you just... I 
Why would he say that? He didn't want to say 69. <laughs> Rod, Rod Serling doesn't want to say 69. <laughs> Put that on my headstone. Rod Serling didn't want to say 69. <laughs> so he's like, oh, you think this couldn't happen? Well, it did happen. In the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> what I wonder is... I wish, he, I wish Rod Sterling knew the vernacular of boom back in the day. <laughs> oh my god. Boom, mic drop. Like <laughs> hey, th- you, That's the whole show is just fucking boom, mic drop. <laughs> that's every closing narration is mic drop. Oh, did, shit, did Rod Sterling invent the mic drop? <laughs> <laughs> the narrative equivalent of mic drop, yeah. Yeah, yeah I believe it. <laughs> what I was thinking about when we were rewatching the episode is the two of them were walking away. But is that death walking with Lou's soul and, like, his body is just laying on that stoop? It's hard to tell. Or is that his body walking away? It's it's hard to tell just because it does happen so quickly. It's no, like, oh, well, you're ready. And he's like, let's go. And he's like, yeah, okay, let's go. It's like, did he already die? What's going on? When did he actually die? <laughs> when does he die here? Yeah. Do they walk out into the alley? And then he dies? Does, does, does death shank you in an alley? That's not a very natural cause. Uh, nothing more natural than getting shanked by death. I guess. <laughs> God. So you didn't like this episode? Not much. I found it pretty boring. Alright. Alright. It was just... Like, yeah, there was good elements. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. But it was just very predictable. Alright. And that's one of the things I like about Twilight Zone is that most of them aren't. True. Some of them go some places. Yeah, and you're like, what the... Rod? (laughs) Rod, what are you doing? (laughs) Uh, Well, as I said, I enjoy this episode because I like the whole bargain with death thing. I think that's that's a fun trope. A lot of the times, yeah, I'm not super into tropes, but... I am fine with tropes. Yeah. But... I thought this was a a fun, fun death bargain. (laughs) Um... Sorry. You picked up a cat and now you're patting a cat a lot. I wasn't she... patting it, that was spanking a cat. I mean, I, like, I liked uh, it, but you know. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it's hard to explain. I was waiting for just more. I want Rod to fuck me up, but I know it's the first season. It's true. So I'm waiting. That for that, Since we're watching in order, the first one that does fuck me up, I'll be like, all right, Rod, that's you're on your <laughs> fucking stream now. Let's go. <laughs> you're on that fuck me up tip. Yeah. <laughs> It was definitely better than, uh, where is everybody? <laughs> the white man's monologue? White... Man's monologue ruins whole episode. Yeah. And I literally think it's because there's more than one person in this episode. I think it would be very, it's very hard for one person to carry a whole episode. Yeah. But I think the the relationship between Mr. Death and uh, Lou Death. Bookman. Death's my father. <laughs> Please, Call me Death, Mr. Death is my father. Uh, shout out to Eric for giving us that good phrase. Yeah, I think their their kind of banter makes the makes the episode a lot better. Would you like to hear what's on the next episode? Sure. Alright. So next time we will be watching episode three. Dun, 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 dun. Mr. Denton on Doomsday. What? Denton? Mr. Denton. Okay. On Doomsday. Okay. A town drunk faces an infamous killer after magically regaining his gunfighting skills. How'd he lose them? (laughs) He's the town drunk? Oh. I think the town drunk loses the gunfighting skills. And then he has to face down this killer. Did he lose him because he is drunk or did he lose him because of supernatural stuff? I think he loses him because he starts drinking, and mm. then he just becomes the town drunk, and he can't shoot. No, a gun I'm, just, I'm just thinking of Gunslinger now. Of someone just stripping away his powers like some wizard. A hundred percent. We can talk all about your gun dad next time. Oh, God, I don't want to talk about my gun dad. <laughs> I'm too, gonna have to. Too bad we're talking about your gun dad now. <laughs> Get ready to hear about gun dad, listeners. <laughs> How we hate him and love him at the same time. Love that gun dad. I think that'll. Uh, do it for us. I hope so. <laughs> Are you done? Is this episode over yet? No, I'm just kidding. Is this show over? <laughs> and in two episodes, I'm sick of it. God. I would like to give a shout out to the little narration at the beginning of our episode that I couldn't do last time because I didn't have it yet. Well, we also didn't introduce ourselves either. Oh, true. We never introduced ourselves. <laughs> My name's Jess. 
Oh no! <laughs> Start it over, folks. I'm Liz, and that's the episode. <laughs> I'm gonna come take my podcast license. I thought of it halfway through, and I was like, "Oh, this bitch didn't introduce us." Oh damn! You right. <laughs> you right. <laughs> so the narration at the beginning of our show—you were just so cussed and now. <laughs> I quit. We thought you need to make like a checklist. Okay. It's okay. True. We introduce ourselves. Talk about the episode. Okay. 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 Now we can just mess around. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Now we just started messing around. Yeah. That's why we shouldn't start an episode that way. No. <laughs> uh. I think it's hilarious. Uh, well, that's Jess crying in the corner. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> I want to give a narration. shout out to her narration. So this is done by my friend, uh, Tamara. You can find her on the internet. <laughs> and, as you can find most people. As you can find most people. You can find her on Tumblr and Twitter at Total Spiffage. She's very lovely and she does a lot of good stuff. <laughs> like music and voiceover work. And tabletop stuff. She's fun and cool. And I don't know her. And you can pay her to say things and she'll say them. Damn. I want people to pay me to say things. You can do it, too. Or pay me to shut up. I'll go either way. There you go. For $8,000 a month, I will stop. <laughs> and you can also email the show at uh, spookyspotpod at gmail.com. If you have any questions or if you want us to just stop, just please stop. <laughs> questions, comments, concerns. <laughs> if your concerns are, why are you doing this show? <laughs> We'll address them. <laughs> and by address them, I mean... We might make fun of you the whole time. We'll make fun of you. Yeah. Just, we won't make fun of you. We're very nice. I'll make fun of you. I'll want to make fun of you, but one I'm of too us polite. Ma- one of us will make fun of you, and the other one will be like, ah, oh, shit, I can't stop her. <laughs> I can't stop her. <laughs> uh, with that, I'm still so mad we didn't introduce ourselves. I know. Oh... Well, with that, we'll we'll see you next time. Stay spooky. <laughs> I just can't get enough. Just a bad singing. I just can't get enough. I just can't get enough. <laughs> That's gonna be the opening of our show. It's just the, you making noises and I'll be singing badly while trying not to laugh. I mean, <laughs> I greatly look forward to it. It is because I can't make the fucking noises. It, it is. That's our brand. I think very much. <laughs>